0: The, the series Frequency, Where what we're trying to do is we're trying to learn how to get on God's frequency. How do you tune in to God? And the Bible tells us that we have a speaking God, that He loves us, and that He wants a relationship with us, and you cannot have a relationship without having conversations. Can I get an amen? amen? I mean, you, you can, you know, so you can do sign language, but yeah, but not if you can't see somebody, right? And so, God wants to have conversations with us. And we've, we've been looking at this. How do we clear our lives out so we can hear from God? Um, so I talked to so many people. And the number one question without, it's not even close, is how can I hear God's voice? So we've been talking about that for three weeks. And if you missed that, you can go on our online and listen to it. So let's let's go to our theme verse this morning. It comes from John chapter 3, John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. There's also notes there in your bulletin if you you receive one coming in. It says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. And we we talked about, there's an incredible phenomenon in the natural world that a shepherd, many parts of the world, they still have sheep, herds, and all kind of stuff. But if you've ever seen one, I've witnessed this firsthand, that when sheep get mixed up, all the shepherd has to do is make his certain call. Woo, woo, or whatever he wants to do. All these sheep know his voice. They separate each one going to his shepherd. And in the same way with us, if we're going to have a growing, vibrant relationship with the Lord, it's imperative, it's essential that we learn to hear His voice, that we learn to clearly distinguish His voice above the noise we have have going on. When we hear God's voice and get direction from Him, it simplifies life, it makes life much more uh, easy uh, to manage. So in week one, we talked about simply just preparing our hearts to hear. And I just felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, Terry, the biggest problem with my people hearing my voice is that their heart isn't ready for, to hear. And so we, we talked about that, all of us. And sometimes we get junk in our life, in our heart, that's going to keep us from hearing God's word. So we have to have, get our hearts prepared. And we talked about the parable from Luke chapter 8 with the different soils. And we said that the soil represents our heart. And sometimes there's polluted hearts and there's distracted hearts. And there's immature hearts, but then there's also hearts that are prepared. And then the second week, we we talked from 1 Samuel 3 about the boy Samuel when he, it says that he had never known the word of the Lord. It hadn't been revealed to him yet, and God spoke to him. And there's a story of him learning to distinguish and hear God's voice. And then last week, we talked about uh, how God speaks to us. And I went through the Bible, and there's at least 12 ways that God spoke in the Bible to his people at least 12. But there's one way that is much more common than the others, and I think it's the most common way that God speaks to us today. And we talked about the whispers of God, being able to hear the whisper, the still gentle voice of God speaking into our lives. And so today we're going to wrap this series up, but we're going to talk about what I believe is one of the most important elements, and that's how to recognize God's voice. Uh, How do you know? If what you're thinking, if what you're hearing, if what you're feeling in your spirit is really God, it's something that you're making up on your own, it's something that a friend told you, or if it's the devil. How do you learn to recognize, uh, you know, God's voice? You know, how can you know for sure? And here, here's the thing. Uh, I can give you, this morning we're going to talk about four principles, and I, and I think it's it's 100% uh Fail proof. If we take these four things, really it's a litmus test. It's a litmus test on that you put whatever you think you're hearing from God, whatever you're feeling, uh, you put it through this litmus test, and it will verify whether or not you're hearing the voice of God so you can follow him. Uh, So let me tell you a quick story. When Trace and I, we were first married, and we're going to a church in New Braunfels, Texas, a a good church, uh, Freedom Fellowship. And so there was a guy in the church that he was, he, he was, he was well-known for the gift of prophecy. He would, he would get words from the Lord. He would share them with the pastor, with the church, or individuals. So one day after church, he pulled Tracy side and I aside, and he said, Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I believe the Lord gave me a, a word for, for the two of you. And we said, Sure. And so he started speaking, you know. And, uh, you know, sometimes prophets get real spiritual, something like this. Thus saith the Lord. Okay. And uh, so he started speaking over us, and I'm like, I'm trying to look at Tracy, trying to look at Tracy, but she's reverent, and her eyes closed, and I'm like, this is not jiving with my spirit at all. I mean, this, this is not jiving with my spirit at all. And so what happened? He's a very good man, and the Lord used him that way, but he just missed it. He just missed it. And sometimes you and I can miss it. So I'm going to give you a way to keep you from making a mistake. And uh, something that came to my mind this week, you know, Peter was the one disciple who boldly declared in Matthew 16, Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And his disciples are speaking. Oh, some say you're Elijah, you're John the Baptist, or you're one of the prophets or whatever. Then Jesus turned to them and said, but who do you say I am? And Peter just boldly, you are the Messiah. You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus went on to commend him. Je- Peter. Jesus said, "Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. That was revealed to you by my Father in heaven." What what Jesus was saying is, you heard the Father's voice. You heard the Father's voice. Well, if you keep reading, just a few verses later, Jesus is talking about going to Jerusalem, how he's going to be crucified, and in the whole end of his life, he's going to be crucified, and he was raised from the dead and Peter Peter, all of a sudden says Lord may this never happen we're not going to let this happen to you and then Jesus says get thee behind me Satan so in a matter of moments Peter heard the voice of God and followed through with that In another minute he was hearing what he wanted to hear with his flesh and Jesus called him the, the devil that's not good right And so we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. One of the scariest things someone can say say to me is this. This is Christianese right here. Well, I heard the Lord. You know, God said to me. And why it scares me is I'm just waiting to hear what's next. And you wouldn't believe how many times someone told me God spoke to me. And then what they said after that, I'm telling you that was not the Spirit of God. I'm not being critical. I'm not being judgmental. But I know it was not the Spirit of God because I have a litmus test. I have a litmus test. And so here's the thing. We want to hear the voice of the Lord for ourselves. You know, if somebody gives you a word like Tracy, I got that one day, don't just go follow it. Test it against what God is doing with your life. Uh, Make sure it's correct before you go following that. So let's look at this real quick. First of all, 1 John 4 1, it says this Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And of course, we know there's false prophets, but there's also people who we know that are just normal, and sometimes they, they miss God. And it says, But it says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, plural, spirits. That means there's. There's the spirit of God, and then there's the spirit of the devil. There's different spirits going on. Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. You know, maybe maybe, uh, in not so much the graphic way. Uh, I've never gone down somewhere that leads to death yet, but I have gone down a wrong path thinking it was the right path. I've done that, and I'm sure... I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. Everyone in here has done that before, okay? I'm just going to qualify everyone here. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I've missed it, and you have too, right? Um, so here's the thing. We're going to talk about four filters this morning. Four filters. Four things that you can put what you're hearing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling in the, these filters, and they they will help you distinguish whether it's from God or it's not. First of all, is this does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? God's voice will never contradict his word. God will never tell you to do something that's contrary to his word. You know, again, one time I had a man come to me and tell me that 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 God was speaking to him, telling him to leave his wife because he had met someone else. Well, guess what, buddy? That's not God. But it just feels so right. God wants me to be happy. The, there's no verse in the Bible that says God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be holy, and holiness will lead to happiness, right? But if you, you think something and you go to the Bible and it's, a, it's, it's contrary to what is written in God's Word, it, it's not from God. There's just no other way around it, and it's going to lead uh, to some trouble. I want to read a, a verse, and I'm not reading this verse because the context is talking about divorce. But the context is, I want you to see what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 through 6, it says, Some Pharisees came to him to test him, and they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And uh, Jesus doesn't answer the question. He says this, Haven't you read? Haven't you read? Haven't you studied the Word? I mean, you're religious leaders, have you not read? And he, he goes on to say, at the beginning, God made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And I didn't read this. I'm not picking on anyone that has ever gone through a divorce because uh, God loves all of us. We've all made mistakes. God loves all of us. Not trying to make you feel bad. But I thought it was very interesting that they come to test Jesus, and he doesn't give them the chance to test him because he says, haven't you read? Haven't you studied the scriptures? Don't you? I mean, you're the leaders of, of Israel, the religious leaders, haven't you? Don't you know what the, the Bible the Bible says? You know, there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that 20 or 30 years ago were considered to be wrong, immoral, or sin that quite honestly are accepted in the church today. That's the, that's the truth, right? What's happened? We've tried to We've tried to wiggle through the Bible and take the parts that we like and get rid of the parts that we don't. But, it, but it's the, the Bible is God's word to us. It's, it's forever true. You say, well, why does he get to make the rules? Because he created the world, right? Whoever creates gets, gets, gets the power to choose what we do. Uh, often I have people come to my office and say, I just need to talk to you. I have a problem. And they come and they ask me questions. And the first, it's kind of funny. I ask them, well, what makes you think that I'm qualified to answer that question? Let me turn it back to you. What does the Bible say? They say, well, I don't know. So let, 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 can we, let's just go to the Bible. And so any counseling I do, it always goes back to the Bible because, you know, that's the source of wisdom. That's the litmus test for are we obeying God are we are we following God or, what, you know, kind of what, what's going on. Luke 21, it says this, and though all heaven and earth shall pass away, you say it is, yeah, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, Okay. Yet my words remain forever true, God says. My word is it's it's, it's eternal, it's life giving. It's never going to change. And so, you know, what happens is sometimes sometimes we do it on purpose and it's not mean to, but sometimes we take the Bible out of context. We find one verse somewhere, one word somewhere, and we use that to fit our need. And uh, you know, in theology, there's a term called uh, the whole counsel of God, and what that means is. If you're looking at a subject, you don't just read one verse, you read everywhere where it's talked about in the Bible. And you bring it all together, and that helps you, uh, you know, to judge your, your situation. Think, think about this. If you remember in Luke chapter 4, Jesus was out in the desert. He had fasted for 40 days. He, he was weary. He was tired. And the devil came to tempt him. And it, what, what's, what's amazing is the devil used God's word, to tempt the Word of God. You know, Jesus is the Word. He was the Word. John 1-1, right? And so he used the Word of God to try to tempt Jesus and, uh, of course, taken out of context. But Jesus replied to every temptation with a correct context of a verse. And three times he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Church, we'll do a whole lot better if we start doing what is written, not what we want. What we want, what we feel, what, what we desire gets us in trouble. But when we stick to it is written, haven't you read? When you stick to those things, so the, the Bible is the first uh, litmus test. Does what I think, feel, or believe God is speaking to me, does it line up with the Bible? And the second one is this. Will it make me more like Christ? Will it make me more like Christ? And, and uh, in other words, is what I'm feeling in my spirit, is, is what I think that I heard, if I follow through with this, is it going to make me more like Jesus? Or is it going to push me away from him? It's very, very important. Uh, because what happens is after we come to Christ, when, when we give our lives to Jesus, uh, the theological term is regeneration happens we're reborn in the image of God. I mean, we're, we're reborn. Our spirits are brought into, into harmony with God, and our sins are forgiven. And this is talked about in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, where it says this, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. So that, that's our goal. <clears throat> After we give our lives to Jesus, the goal is to become more like him. And you know, here at Family Life, there's a bunch of ways to do that. But everything we offer outside of our Sunday services, of course, our Sunday services help tremendously, I believe, if you're consistent. But, you know, we, we have, like, next Sunday, we're having our growth track. And in our growth track, it's three weeks, and it kind of helps to make sure you're getting on the right road, and, and you're growing, and you learn about the church. You, you, then you can do things like serving, find a place to serve, and things that make you more like Christ. Of course, we have our small groups this week. And um, listen, you can come for weeks and months and years, and you don't ever have to take a small group if you want. You don't ever have to take the grow track. We offer those because they can help you to grow. They can help you to to get some word into you and begin to grow uh, in, in your life. Philippians 2, verse 5, It says uh, in your lives you must think and act like Jesus Christ. Why well, that's a very important thing? Will what I'm thinking, feeling, what I've heard, will it make me more like Christ? And 2 Corinthians ten five says that we take every, cap, every thought, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So again, if I follow what I am thinking, what I'm feeling, is it going to make me more like Christ, or is it going to push me away from Christ? And then the next question is this, is, well, Pastor, I'm a new Christian. I don't even know what Jesus wants me to do. So I have a verse for that, okay? I have a verse for that. We're going to help you out this morning. Um, This verse will get you a long way, James 3, 17 18. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, the wisdom that comes from God, is first of all pure, then it's peace-loving, then it's considerate, then it's submissive, it's full of mercy and good fruit, it's impartial and sincere. So, so think about that with me. Um, I don't know what Jesus is like. I don't know what he would want me to do. You know, we used to have those braces, WWJD. What would Jesus do? I saw people wearing all, those all the time. They didn't have a clue what Jesus would do. <laughs> and they're just doing whatever they want to do. I'm like, take the bracelet off, right? Uh, oh, it looks good. It looks good. Okay. Uh, but think about this. So first of all, what is Jesus like? Jesus is pure. He's pure. So if we have impurity in our lives, we've got to get, we've got to get it out that Jesus is, is peace-loving. He is peace, and he's loving toward people, that he, he would be considerate. He was submissive to his Father, full of mercy and good fruit. Boy, that's a good sign when we're full of mercy. Have you ever gone through the week, and you woke, maybe you didn't think about this, but you decide halfway through the week, maybe on Wednesday or Thursday, well, I'm not so full of mercy and good fruit right now. I'm not feeling very merciful right now. It's not my fault, God. It's the kids you gave me, all right? And uh, so these, these are good tests. So one Saturday morning, I was, I was, you know, I wasn't liking where my sermon was at. So I drove up here to the church. It was probably 4.30 or 5 in the morning on a Saturday morning. And so I was driving up. It was pitch black, no cars on the road. And uh, I had a thought. And at first, I didn't think it was from God, but it turned out to be from God. I had a thought. I'm like, there's a Shipley's donut right here on the corner. It really is from God. Just wait. I'm getting there, okay? And, uh, and man, I have a weakness for two things, chocolate eclairs and apple fritters. Dear Jesus, I know there's some in heaven. I know there is. And so I'm like, it, I mean, it's like earlier snowing out, and I tell you what, I've come up here a lot of times on Saturday morning, I have never stopped at Shipley's before. So I pull into Shipley's, and I walk in there, and there's a lady, a, a college-age girl, maybe she's 19 or 20, maybe, and she's sitting there, and she looks terrible, and she's crying, and uh, I, I just want my chocolate eclair and my fritter, and I need to go do the work of, of Jesus so that you have something to hear on Sunday morning. And I'm making my order, you know, and uh, I think I got both. I'm trying to remember, I can't remember. And the the cashier says, will you please take her home? And, you know, I'm, so the, the first thing, then I say, well, but then my donuts are going to be cold, you know. My my fritter, it's warm right now, it's going to be, you know. I, anyway, so then I, but I really had some thoughts about that because I'm, I'm very... I'm very specific that um, on how I put myself, like, I don't put myself in positions to be accused by anyone from other women. I just don't. I mean, sometimes it always ends up, sometimes I'll be here at the church, none of the staff's here, and, and, and a lady will come to church, and I sit out there in the hallway because there's cameras. I'm just not falling on that sword, okay? And so I'm like, gosh, it's five in the morning, you know, it's dark, I'm going to get, and I could tell the lady had been drinking. And she looked terrible. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna put her in my car, you know? I mean, this is then I'm like, who's gonna think you had an affair at five in the morning? You know, I mean, think about that, you know. So so I went over and asked her. I started talking to her, and she was out on a date, and her and her date got in an argument, they had been drinking, and he left her at a car wash, or she jumped out of the car or whatever. She didn't her her, her purse was in his uh, vehicle, she didn't have a phone, she didn't have ID. She didn't have any money, and and she, I said, "What have you been doing since two in the morning?" She's just been wandering around. She found the donut shop open, donut shop open, went in there, and I said, "Look, do you know where you live?" And she says, "I do," and I said, "Can I give you a ride home?" And she said, "Yes, please." And so, I, she got in my truck and we started driving out there to where to where she was, and we we had a little bit of a conversation, but um, you know. I was like, well, you know, don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna get you home. Don't you know? She didn't know the name of her apartments or anything, so we're, we're driving around out there toward Brazos Town Center. We're driving around. And she says, "I think that's it." And so I pull up, and it has one of those gates, you know, it has one of those gates, and I can't get in the gate. And she's like, "We're gonna have to climb under." I mean, I was gonna make sure she got to her house, right? I was gonna make sure she got to her apartment. I'm like, y- y-? she's like, "Yeah, I've done it before." I said, "Okay." So you know those big bar gates, I, I'm out there at five in the morning crawling under a bar grate with a drunk woman, and I was, you know, and I'm thinking, anyway, went and knocked on her door, got her in the door, and I went back there, and I set my truck, and I'm like, yeah, the donuts really are cold now, they really are, but no, I was, so I was thinking about this, and I called her later that day to make sure she was okay and all that kind of stuff, but I, I just started thinking, you know. What's better to work on your sermon or to help a lady that's stranded and is in trouble? What What would Jesus do? I think Jesus would help a young lady that's distressed and, and, and in trouble. But I, I say that to say that really, the Lord took me on a bunny trail because I'm really pre-focused person, like when I'm coming to work on my sermon at five am. I'm coming to work on my sermon. I don't stop at donut shops. I don't do all that. And he, he just took me on a little, a little journey there. And I got to bless someone else along the way. And, of course, I shared Jesus with her and all that. And, and um, anyway, so the, the thought is, number one, does what you're hearing, feeling, thinking about doing, does, is it in line with God's word? And number two, will it make you more like Jesus? I'm being honest, church. This isn't just you. It's me, too. There's a lot that all of us could get rid of that would make us look a lot more like Jesus. There's a lot of things we do, there's a lot of way we spend our time, there's a lot of way we spend our money, there's a lot of effort we put into things that don't, that are not making us more like Jesus. And we need to start putting our effort, our time, our passion into the things that are gonna form us into the image of Christ, like Philippians said, to make us think and act like Jesus. The third thing is this, does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? And the Bible is big on accepting counsel, on getting counsel, on talking with people, and having mentors and leaders that, that can help us and guide us. And so, does godly counsel agree? You know, if you think you hear from something from God and it's really big, uh, you know, you should have something that you bounce it off of. And the thought is, If everyone is saying they don't think it's good, then you should take note of that. What we do so many times is if we go to someone and and get their opinion, it's not what we want to hear, we just shop it around. Come on, we've all done that. I got 32 people that said no, but I got a lot of friends, you know. I have a lot of friends. So let me tell you a rule I have in my life, and it's just a rule I have. I never get advice from somebody who isn't succeeding in the area that I'm venturing in. I, uh, like, if, if, if Trace and I wanted to get some advice on, on, on parenting our kids when they were younger, I never went to someone whose kids were a whore. I know that sounds bad. Huh? You know what I mean, right? I mean, if their kids are running everyone, they have no control over their kids, and their kids don't obey you know, I think I'm not going to get advice from you, you know. I'm going to get advice from people who have been successful in that area. Look what the Bible says. Now, these three verses from Proverbs, they're written by Solomon, who's the wisest person to ever live. Proverbs 12:15 says this, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. A wise person listens to advice from someone that knows what they're talking about. Proverbs 19 and 20. 19, verse 20 through 21 says, Listen to advice and accept discipline. See, sometimes when we when we think we hear something and, and we, we ask somebody about it and they tell us no, that's discipline. The story earlier, when I told that guy that wanted to leave his wife, you did not hear from God if you go down this road You're going to regret this the rest of your life. What is that? That's discipline. That's someone trying to help you, somebody that cares about you. So listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many of the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And one more, Proverbs 24, 6. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. And so we you know we need people in our lives that will that we need people in our lives that first of all know the bible and can share God's truth with us in love. I mean you know I don't think that's you know I don't think that lines up with God's word. I would hold off on that. We we need people like that, you know, in our lives and Again, uh, I, I just encourage you. It scares me to death sometimes I hear people that they're getting advice from these people, and I know those people, and I'm like, dear Lord, have mercy. They're not going the right track. How are they going to give you counsel, godly counsel, to go in the right direction? Have another donut story for you. This guy woke up one day, and he was going to work early. And he says, Lord, if it's your will for me to stop in to Krispy Kreme and get a dozen donuts, the hot sign will be on. So he drove there, the hot sign wasn't on. But you know what? After he circled the block three times, it came on. (laughs) So make a decision. Don't be circling the block waiting for someone to give you the words you want. Have some friends who you trust, who who know the Word of God, who love you, who will tell you the truth, We don't need friends who will just tell us what we want to hear. We need friends who love us enough to get into us a little bit and say, hey, I don't think that's God's voice, uh, you know, that's leading you. The the fourth thing is this, do I have peace? Do I have peace? See, the difference with Christianity is that we just don't serve God. We have God in us. All the other world religions, they, they serve a God, a distant God who doesn't speak to them. You can go to many places around the world and they have idols strung on the street and they're offering things to the idols. They're, they're worshiping God. We don't just come here to worship God. We just don't worship God. We have God living in us. And the Holy Spirit living within us and speaking to us. And so, so sometimes there's a clash. Have you ever felt it? There's a clash that the Holy Spirit is in you and it's kind of battling with what you want to do, the Spirit of God battling the flesh. I had one lady tell me one time, I, d- I never had that, but I can see it in my husband all the time. Oh, okay, well then you know what I'm talking about, okay? It's like the old cartoon, you see the cartoons where there's the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other? Well, we have that sometimes. We have our own desires, our flesh, that's wanting certain things, then we have God trying to, Direct us to something uh, better than that. 1 Corinthians 14, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And so you should feel peace in all of your decisions before you take the next step. Have you ever gone to buy something and you have a pushy salesman? God, isn't that the worst? That's the worst, you know? And uh so I, I want I want time to think about the decision I'm trying to make. Of course, they don't want you to have time to think about it. Because if you think about it, you may try four other stores and see what the best deal is or what you like. They want they want to pressure you into doing that right now. A number this is a long time ago, a number of years ago, so Tracy and I were at Lafayette in Louisiana, and we felt the God God, you know, stirring our hearts that a change was coming, and we were looking at planning a church, and we'd even uh, we were looking around some places to go. And of course, we found Sugarland. And uh, in the process, it's amazing how this works. I I had two different churches call me and ask me if I would, you know, submit an application or whatever, give them some sermons or whatever uh, to go to their church. One was in Virginia Beach, and one was in uh, Dallas, Texas, and so. I'm, I'm, I'm real practical, so I, I like the pros and cons thing. never you ever do that? So you write the, the pros for the church in Dallas. They have building, They have land. They have people. Pretty important for a church, you know. Have all these things. And I write Sugar Land. And it's like, well, we like the area. We don't have people, don't have money, don't have facility, don't have, you know. Dallas looks easier than Sugarland. But you know the one thing is, you know the only thing, the only, there was only one pro uh, to all to all of uh, Sugarland, and that was that we had peace about it. You should never make a decision until you have peace. I don't care how good the opportunity looks. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care what all the background information is. You should have the peace of God before you move into into something. That's, that's very important. Before you, you know, listen, before you change jobs, if someone comes and offers you a bunch of money, how, how many of you know that there's a lot more to work than money? Can I get an I need a better amen than that. Come on. There's a lot more. Sometimes we, we see money and, oh, the, we're, we're going we're gonna to jump on that. And so Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I put, besides understanding, I believe I put human reasoning. So um, when, it, when it says that transcends your understanding, it, it, basically it says this, the peace of God goes beyond all of your human reasoning. It goes beyond all of your pros and cons lists. OK, it blows things up and, and it will guard that word guard. It's like an army garrison encompassing you. It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so very, very important. These four things. And, you know, I want I want to leave you with one last thought as we finish this series. Uh, you know, one of the things that I hate about finishing a series is that. You know, it's hard for me to leave because where do you cut off that? And so I, I was thinking this weekend. Here's the thing, this series Frequency, the word frequency, it has a double meaning. It's talking about frequency, getting on God's frequency, the sound waves, you know, getting in tune with God, but frequency also means frequently, frequently. So we need to frequency frequently. We need to spend time with God frequently. Um, And so how do we put those two together? How do we put... Frequency, getting on God's frequency and frequently. How do we put those together? Because isn't that the problem? That, that's our big problem is that we're not consistent. That's the thing about human nature. I mean, we're, it's hard for us to be, con, be consistent. For example, right now, I am hurting so bad because I started working out again. I mean, I can barely, oh, that, that just kills me, Right? And so what I've done the past couple of years is I start working and just about the time I get over all the soreness I like I quit. And I'm like this is this is abuse, you know? This is personal abuse to the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know? But that's our struggle. We we have a hard time being consistent. We all know. We all know that if we're consistently spending time with God, we we become familiar with him and we hear his voice. It's the consistency part. Is the problem. So, number one, tune in to God every day. And I, I just want to remind you uh, that the goal of our daily quiet time is not to read your Bible. The, the goal of your quiet time is not to finish your Bible in a year. It's good if you do it. The goal is as you read the Bible, that you learn about the nature, character, love, compassion of Jesus. That's the goal. The Bible is a tool to help you know God better. And so, that, the goal of a quiet time is to connect with God. Someone says, well, What makes a good quiet time? Is it 30 minutes? Is it 50 minutes? A good quiet time is when you connect with God. A good quiet time is when you learn something about the nature and character of God that pushes you toward Him. That is, that is the goal. So, we have to tune into God uh, every day. I think at some point in our day, we just got to break away. And we have to tune into God every day. But here's, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to read our theme text in, a mess, in the message by, which is a paraphrase, but look, look, look what it says. John ten four, when he gets all of them out, it's talking about the sheep, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. So the only way we can become familiar with God's voice is if we consistently spend time with him every day. Sometimes maybe more, sometimes less, but every day we take just a minute. So let me, let me give you a thought. Um, if Tracy calls me on the phone and she says, hey, those three letters, I know it's her. I know, I know it's her. As a matter of fact, depending on the next word, I can tell if it's going to be a positive or a negative conversation. <laughs> Come on now. We just got real real, didn't we? You know, if it's like, hey, how was your day? Or if, if she says, hey, you no, know, it's probably like, hey, why? The kids did it. The kids, <laughs> the kids did it. It wasn't me. But I get calls all the time. My phone had a problem. I, I got a new phone, and it, it's not saving numbers. And I, people call, and if it doesn't come up, on will call ID, and they, they're like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, you know, who is this? I hate to ask that, but who is is this that determines what I'm going to say next, you know? And, And so but I'm familiar with Tracy because I talk to her all the time. We have to become familiar with God where it's second nature. We're used to talking to Him. We're used to having conversations with Him. We're used to having dialogues back and forth with Him. We have to become familiar with Him. And we also have to do this. We have to tune out the things that oppose God. Tune, tune into God every day and tune out of the things uh, that oppose God. And, you know, I, I, a lot of our lives, you know, we have to work, we have to do certain things. So much of our lives are secular. So much of our lives are secular. And we just eat, we're eating it up. We're eating it up. Well, there's there some things that we need to get rid of because they oppose God. You're like what? Well, a lot of the activities probably, a lot of the shows we watch, a lot of the music we listen to, a lot of the friends we hang out with. I had a a young man tell me one time, we're talking about movies one time, and listen, I'm not legalistic. I'm just telling you, if you're putting filth into your mind, it's going to hurt your relationship with God. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying to, you know, help open the door for God to speak to you. Had a young tell me one time was like, well, yeah, you know, radar movies, they don't they don't they don't bother me. A little nudity doesn't hurt me. It doesn't bother me. Well, that's your problem. It doesn't bother you. If you see a naked person beside yourself in a mirror, it's not good. That was supposed to be a joke, but anyway. (laughs) Let's look at John 10 that got really (laughs) real quiet in here. John 10, 5. He knows something. Okay, John 10, verse 5. Let's go to the next verse. It says, listen to this. The sheep, they won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. So when we start tuning in to God and we start hearing from God, a lot of the things that we used to think were an important voice, we find out they're not. And this is serious. During our week of prayer, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, this is seriously. We there. There was a, a lady came and told me that um, she was spending like four or five hours a day on Facebook, and during the week of prayer, she gave that up. And you know what? She said she didn't miss it. See, when you start becoming familiar with God's voice, you'll care less about other voices. Okay, and uh, so let let. Let, let's uh, close out with this one last thing. The next thing is this, is is take steps toward what God has spoken to you. That when you hear God's voice, and he, here's the key component, if God speaks to you and asks you to do something, if you don't do it, it's not that he won't speak to you again, but if he's telling you things and you're not obeying, it's like, why should he? See, I think God speaks to people who follow his voice, and who, and who obey uh, what, what, he, what he's trying to do. Would you bow your heads with me? I just want to note before I pray that it's 11.15, so all you guys, you're going to get home in time to watch the NFL pregame. Tell all the sinners out there that didn't come today, okay? I'm kidding. Let's bow our heads. Let's ask God to help us. Let's just pray. Say, Holy Spirit, Lord, I just pray right now you're speaking to everyone here. Holy Spirit, just speak to us. And God, just reveal to everyone here this morning what part of this message that you're really submitting to their hearts that was for them, Lord God. God, do maybe there's some here today that. Maybe they need to use these four filters when they hear your voice. Does it line up with God's word? You know, does it make me more like Christ? Maybe they need these four filters. Lord, maybe there's some here today who need to start tuning out some things that oppose God and tune into you every day. Lord, maybe there's others here who say, man, I I need to take the next step. Man, I've, I've been coming to church. I need to take the next step. And and what is the next step for me? Would you stand with me today? I just want to pray for you this morning. If the Lord just just showed something to you this morning, if the Lord showed something to you before, we just want to pray and ask Him to help us to accomplish that, that task, what He's wanting us to do. Would you just raise your hands, not to me, just to God, and let's just talk to God for a minute. God, we just ask you today, we ask you today Lord God to help us Lord we know that you are speaking God and you desire to speak to us God help us to tune into your voice today. God help us Lord like the sheep in our story to be to become familiar with your voice Lord God. God and there's everyone here today there's people that need to take another step Lord what's the next step is it taking the grow track Lord is it Is it joining a small group? Lord, is it, you know, getting some new friends? Lord, just reveal these things to us today. And we we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close with just a a prayer of blessing over you. Then the the worship team will lead us out with a song. And guys, if you could help us pick up the chairs real quick and rose of eight, that would be a blessing. But God, we thank you right now. Lord, your word says that when we're in covenant with you, that there's blessings upon our lives. God, your word says that we can be blessed coming in and blessed going out, that you'd bless everything that we put our hands to. So I pray for your people this week. God, I pray blessings over their families, over their relationships, God, over their finances. God, keep us safe. Lord, we live in a polluted world, God. Help us to stay pure in a world that's filled with with, with just trash and garbage. God, bless us and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you, church.
1: (laughs) i <laughs>